is I think Christians have done a bad job in the 21st century and the 20th century before it communicating just how powerful our God is. You know, in the idea that like in the face of a, of a religion seeking after power, that we have nothing to offer in that regard. And it's a moral religion. Is it's a political religion? It's a societal religion, but it you know, but it isn't a religion of power, of of influence, of control. And um, you know, Josh, you said that the real power is in us not having the control, or, or mm-hmm. our God having the control. And I think that's what I would really love to communicate to to that community is the idea that's just like, listen, if if I pit all of you guys, if I put all of you guys in a room and I ask you, you know, what are the desires of your heart that you're using these spiritual practices and ritual for? A lot of them are going to be at odds with each other, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. but when you serve a higher purpose, especially a benevolent, loving and grace giving Mm -hmm. God, it's not domineering. It's submissive. Right. Yeah. Um, And, um, and, and I would say like that, that's the thing. And, And that's also where prayer comes in. And, and, you know, we're three guys who, I mean, we all know people who are like, millions of years ahead of us in, in their prayer life and things like that. But I just feel like my prayer life grew just from these experiences because it had to. Yeah. Yeah. Because I just realized I'm like, there is no intellect. There is no argument. There is no knowledge (laughs) I can have to overcome some of these situations. It is only by the power of prayer and the power of the Holy spirit interceding on my behalf, testifying in the name of Jesus on my behalf in the spiritual realm, you know? And, um, and so that's, yeah, that's kind of one of the things I would say, because I've really been wrestling with it. People ask me all the time on Instagram, like, what do I do? You know, yeah. what, what do I tell them? What do I say to them? What's the magic argument? Mm-hmm. And I just sit there and I struggle and I'm like, I don't, the more I learn, the more I'm like, there, is, there isn't any. You feel like, because I've actually felt like since, since we got back, like, I genuinely feel like this trip the prep that I've done, like, cause I'm constantly studying religions, mm-hmm. but like every time we do something for base camp, but especially this one, I, I f- like coming away from it. Actually, I feel more like, I mean, just devoted spiritually, mm-hmm. like it's just oh, more yeah, like, right. more like, I don't know, into like, how do you not use the language of like the new age movement? But like, just like, more sanctified, more here's the, set apart. Here's the best way I have to describe it. I really feel like okay, SpongeBob. You like SpongeBob? Mm-hmm. SpongeBob. I so, never, I never watched SpongeBob. So there's an episode in SpongeBob where Mr. Krabs like continues to grow and like he outgrows his shell, so he comes out and mm-hmm. his friends make fun of him because he's all squishy. Like, okay. he's, a, he's literally a soft crab without a shell. Mm-hmm. That's how I felt coming out of the trip. Like I felt like I'd groom spiritually. I feel like I was like more in tune with the Lord, but I felt like just almost like exposed in a way and yeah. i know that sounds like kind of counterintuitive but like it felt like i don't yeah. know i felt more more vulnerable but i also felt yeah. more intimate kind of go ahead I, I was just about to say i agree with him definitely on the vulnerability part i felt way more vulnerable after that so trip. kind of like when you skin your knee kind of yeah, yeah you know it's just like i mean it's not that like you're it's not like you're seriously injured it's just like you're more aware yeah that skin has a job to do well yes you know? I, I feel like i was so like on i feel like i was so on alert for mm-hmm. most of that day that then like 
coming home, I felt like I still I still should have been on alert. Yeah. And I I honestly, dude, and you know how like like the way I talk about God, but like I felt like God was just like, you're not in that space anymore. Like mm-hmm. you're not, you don't have to be on alert like you were. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I got just yeah. felt like I was like for like a day yeah. leading up to it. I I very much and it was confirmed through just like the. the the field work. I, I've really gotten to a point where, where it, I view it just like field work um, because more and more, like I, I, I truly feel like, <clears throat> like, like studying in grad school, like my heroes were and are anthropologists, and like every time we do this kind of stuff, I feel more and more like one of them. But um, like leading up to it, I felt very much like, huh? I wonder if this is what our spiritual life is supposed to be like all the time. Like the fact that like I am not that I should be paranoid or like whatever, or like Mm -hmm. I always want to skin knee by any means, but just like I should always be more aware than my comfortable, like small town, hardly ever meet a non-Christian life leads me to be like, I think we should be, more aware that there is a spiritual battle going on around us sure. and and like be always be vigilant mm-hmm. you, you know what i mean um yeah and just co- like coming away from that i felt like that was confirmed um but to 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 those listening and and, and watching now that we're we're entering into the wild world of i guess we'll see if youtube works out but um but at the very least video um the 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 what you're hearing us talk about is um is really not the culmination because i think that as we continue on doing base camp and and things like that i wouldn't be surprised if there's uh you know more venturing but um we're revisiting um this past weekend where we we went up to about an hour from where we live in Western North Carolina to Asheville, North Carolina, which Ben, you uh, went to school somewhat near Asheville. What, what is the, what is the prevailing sentiment for somebody who's, if you were going to describe Asheville to somebody who has never been to Asheville, how would you describe Ah, Asheville? It's hippie-esque. Hippie-esque for sure. Yeah. In a sense, uh, like the, I mean, the Portland of the East Coast, yeah, kind it's of, like kind of vibe. Mushrooms lobby extended to an yeah, entire yeah, yeah, yeah. That's really a good way of putting actually, it. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like we're that sounds like a negative, but that's hundred percent true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was talking to um, one of the, good and bad, like you know, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, everything. it's sick. I mean, yeah. we were sitting there. We, I mean, it's 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 a great like artisan um, like scene and like good coffee, good restaurants, like mm-hmm. incredible restaurants. Actually, shout out to Cornerstone. Is that where we ate brunch? Oh yeah, bro. Um, incredible but money um so uh but yeah so but incredible place but um i was talking to a professor that i work with today and he actually told me this i didn't know he said a few years ago rolling stone magazine put an article out and actually said that Asheville was the center of the new age movement um and i think it was in the united states but it's for sure i don't know a few years ago Mm -hmm. i mean um but um and I believe it because we, as we, as we have been for the last few months and, and Lord willing, or you continue, um, have been looking for opportunities to get out, um, and go to places, uh, you know, here starting off, we have some big dreams about some, some trips we want to go on, but starting off within driving distance and going to places and experiencing things that really, um, is us going into the the darkest places where where Jesus's name is either not known or or not believed as Lord, and mm-hmm. and learning as much as we can about people 
who are in what we consider false belief, learning about them, learning about what they believe for the purpose of learning how to share the gospel with them. Mm -hmm. And then um, potentially more important, depending on who you ask, coming back and teaching other Christians to do it too. Um, And so, so we did, uh, I think the, yeah, first one was Scientology. Um, which was incredible. We've heard great reviews from that show. Um, and then we we did another one on Hinduism, and this is Base Camp 3, uh, discussing recent, uh, this past weekend, we went up to Asheville and visited about five places in the course of about mm-hmm. five hours mm-hmm. that are at the heart in varying degrees of what, what we're going to call the New Age Occult Wicca. Mm-hmm. movement um and 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 just just for a point of kind of teaching there's there's huge differences between those terms um and i feel like th- they have to be understood um josh and i actually got sort of fussed at by a guy um that we talked to in Asheville who who is a proponent of what might be called new age or metaphysical belief right. um right. we we talked to him in a I mean, really like visually stunning crystal shop. Yeah, it was, um, it was, it was neat. It actually looked like you thought it was kind of like a museum or something. Yeah, right? I thought so. I didn't think he was going to be he was uh, for sale. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so we, we walked in and um, I asked the guy, you know, I just said, hey, man, we're we're walking around and, and talking to as many people as we can in new age shops. Um is that kind of what this is? Cause we were surrounded by all these like beautiful crystals and like rock formations and stuff. And he kind of smirked and was just like, I really don't like that term, you know? And I can't remember exactly what he said, but the question he asked is he was like, is your phone new age? Yeah. 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 And I kind of looked at him and he was just like, cause the only way that your phone works is all these precious metals and all these, these gemstones in there that the hair quotation crystals. Yeah. Right. And uh, yeah. Cause he, yeah. And, uh, and he's just like, the only reason they work is because, um, you know, all of this stuff is in there making it work, which is, which factually is not incorrect, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, so, so metaphysical is kind of the, the, the moniker that that movement is taken on, but, but yeah, yeah, we'll get to that. (laughs) Yeah, we'll get to that. So, but fascinating guy. And most of the people we talked to that, the ones that were legitimately in their, like in, in their element, like, I mean, they genuinely believed what they said they believed. We'll get to some of the hullabaloo as Mm -hmm. you like to call Mm it. Um, (laughs) cause some of it's touristy too, but, um, but just, yeah, just for some clarification. So when we say new age, um, by no means is it new. Like if you talk to any religious scholar, anybody who really knows what they're talking about, um, People have believed that crystals and rocks and nature have power going back, I mean, thousands, as long as humans have been around, however long that is. Like literally today in my class, like I taught on ancient Chinese religions and um, there's nothing necessarily in regards to rocks and crystals, Mm -hmm. but the idea that nature has power is as old as humanity and so so it's by no means new it's just new now like it's new to us Mm -hmm. and it's hugely growing um like you're you're sort of our tiktok expert um (laughs) i don't know if i like that (laughs) well you're the only one who has tiktok let's just say it that way so i send y'all enough tiktok (laughs) but it's all it's all funny dog memes and stuff no you're not wrong so but uh but i i've heard and i I, I know my audience we've talked we've talked about this but like it seems like amongst the younger generation like the the, the idea of crystals mm-hmm. and um the, the, I, I get a lot of questions on things like reiki which is like a japanese like healing art and things mm-hmm. like that it seems like that's on on the rise amongst a younger generation 100 yeah, like 
it's it's so funny. Like Jake, I mean, I've, us being in a small town, Jake, our youth pastor, and myself, we're always combating that with yeah. students, and it's it's funny. In one of our conversations in the shop, uh, the the owner was very much like, you know, Christians. They, I can have Christians come in all the time, and we yeah. even see that in in our own youth group mm-hmm. in certain ways. Like we're like some of the the more. Um, I don't really know the best way to put it, but some of the students, sometimes I can think that those two things can, are not mutually exclusive. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and you very much have to be like, those two things are very exclusive. Yeah. Like it's it like, there is no place where Jesus needs to be amplified by these yeah. things. But yeah, man, it's, it's very prevalent on TikTok. It's on everybody's for you pages. It's, um, and, and it's very much, uh, and they very they do a very good job of making it accessible. Yeah. Because um the same way that the one of the most popular TikToks on TikTok is uh a guy who just like runs up to the camera, he's like, Stop, stop, stop what you're doing. Stop scrolling. You need to go get some rest, you know, and that's like yeah, one of the most yeah. viewed TikToks ever. People send it to each other, all that kind of stuff. Well, the new age movement has done a really good job of being like, Stop right there, let me do a reading for you. Yeah. And like tarot cards and and so on, and then that is like, oh, let me go to their profile, and Mm -hmm. it gets much less entry level from there. Yeah. So, so when we say new age, really, it's it's a very eclectic movement that includes crystals, um, Reiki, yeah, tarot cards, um, a lot of divination, which we Mm -hmm. saw quite a bit of divination, and really, divination is really anything like any ritual that that helps. Like sometimes it can be. Telling the future, it can mm-hmm. be giving a reading for somebody, like telling somebody what's hey, what's going on in in your body and in, in your mind, um, and it takes a lot of different forms. Um, so, new age really is is a very inclusive term. Um, the term neo pagan mm-hmm. is much more general. So, uh, as the name would suggest, these are belief systems that proponents say are modern day restorations of ancient pagan belief systems and specifically um, belief systems that came from like Western Europe during the pre-Christian uh, mm-hmm. years. And, mm-hmm. and, and, and oftentimes you'll, you'll hear these called the old religion. Mm-hmm. So like sometimes proponents will, will refer to it as the old religion, like the, the religion before Christianity came and dominated Western Europe. Mm-hmm. And so, so that, that includes any sort of things like we saw, um, runes. We mm-hmm. talked to, mm-hmm. we talked to our, uh, um, can you give some examples yeah, of those of, of neo-pagan beliefs? Right. So they would say it's like the, that, that predate, like, are you like, yeah, like so, Nordic, so Greek, like, well, so a lot of it is just classic folk religion. Okay. So like the idea that there are nature, like natural spirits, mm-hmm. the idea that, um, wanna, well, so, so, so like it, yes, I mean, it, that, that's, that, that's, a uh, um, not Polynesian. Um, what would that be? Uh, what is more? It's like it's Pacific really Islander. Stupid. It's Pacific, <laughs> Pacific <laughs> Islanders. But, but really what's funny, what's funny is like, I, every time I look at folk religion, even across the globe, like it's all fairly similar is the idea that there are natural spirits in the world, oftentimes um, either accompanied by an impersonal force. So sometimes you'll hear it referred to as 
um, in some of the old folk religions and in tribal folk religions even today of as mana, M-A-N-A, not the mysterious bread-like substance that's uh, on your lawn during the exile, Mm -hmm. Um, but uh, an impersonal force that uh, dictates life and essentially like by following uh, ritual and avoiding taboo and and avoiding like uh, benefiting the group and things like that, Mm -hmm. you you can develop good energy um and so so looking at the the old religion as it might be called then what, what neo-pagans would say they've restored now is the idea that um nature is divine in and of itself mm-hmm. and and so in a sense it's a type of pantheism the idea that the divine is found in all things mm-hmm. right, right. and so um oftentimes you know there will there will be uh spiritual deities that either are a um, are personifications of nature. Mm-hmm. So sometimes when somebody offers up incense or worship or something to a deity, it's not always that they think that that's actually a personal deity. It's in a sense, it's a personification of nature and it's sort of like an avatar in Hinduism. Right. You know, um, but then other times there are, you know, as we all remember learning in you know Greek and Roman history and and things like that, there are beliefs that the idea of that natural gods are in fact personal deities, and so mm-hmm. so there's a vast array there. Um, but but that's what the like neo pagans would say. Now Wicca is essentially a very specific subset of neo paganism, and um, it's witchcraft, mm-hmm. right? And, and we all know that because right. we we experienced it firsthand. Um, but like it's kind of like a in my opinion, it's kind of like a square and a rectangle. You know, like a square is a rectangle, but a rectangle is not so a square. square. Like neo paganism is a big umbrella that a lot of people fit under. Um, witches follow Wicca. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And some of them might even be offended at the notion that they are under that neo paganism mm-hmm. umbrella. And so Wicca. For listeners, um, you know, who aren't that familiar, um, you know, Wicca is, uh, like I said, it's, it's witchcraft. It's, it's, it's a specific belief that typically centers around the idea, once again, that the divine is in all things. Sometimes the idea that, the, that there's a divine, um, like masculine identity and then a feminine ma- mm-hmm. uh, deity um, and so sometimes that that comes out in the fact that there actually is a god and a goddess sometimes it's that in that this pantheistic world like there's there's masculine um, components and feminine components and um, Wicca and the rituals that go with it uh, which was some of them we'll get into are all sort of seeking to um, I'm going to say control, and we'll talk about that here in a minute, especially why we yes. think control. But mm-hmm. I, I'm going to say control, but but a witch, um, which is not a negative term when you're actually discussing you know, right. practitioners of Wicca, um, would say that they're seeking to interact with this spiritual world, um, of which the beliefs are, are extremely varied. Um, but and they're seeking to control it to a certain degree, mm-hmm. you know, and um, and so it was it, it, just for a little bit of history. Um, typically it's seen as being founded by a guy named Gerald Gardner in the 20th century. He came out of the UK. Uh, he's a civil servant. I don't know exactly what he did, but he worked for the government and, uh, he had been a part of some neo-paganism groups and, um, he really pioneered, uh, what now is really known as, as Wicca. And he, he preached it as this restoration of the old religion Mm -hmm. and it took off in the UK still has a great stronghold in the UK and is actually much more open 
in the UK than it is here. Um, I think or that's changing. In what regard? Like people might actually identify publicly as a witch. Gotcha. Um, or I mean, at least more more likely than they than they might hear. Um, yes. And uh, which obviously we see is changing. The the place yeah. the first place yeah. that we went to, which was, um, which we found out later, was kind of like. I mean, what would you say? It's like the hub of the Southeast. Seemed to be. Yeah. um, You know, so those people are pretty open. You know, it's right out right there on a busy road in Nashville. I mean, honestly, it gave me kind of a, like a Scientology vibe and be like, I mean, you can be a Scientologist anywhere, but you need to make a trip to the, uh, to to the main hubs. You know what I mean? Like whether it's in Tennessee or Georgia. Yeah. Yeah. So the lady that we, that we talked to there, um, we were there for quite a while. Like she told us that like people actually have their store like on their bucket list. So people yeah. all over the country yeah. wasn't that a soundbite? Want it a heck of an advertisement? Good lord, you know what I mean? Like, um, so so yeah, but um, but yeah, so so I've been interested in new religious movements as long as I've been studying religion. And I'll be honest, whenever we started base camp. And I started kind of thinking like, okay, what are we going to do, mm-hmm. right? The obvious ones come to mind, you know, some of the major quote unquote world religions. But I sort of had this theory that like, I wonder if the occult, we all know it's interesting. And um, anybody who's listened to this show before knows that a big part of what we do is we don't want to romanticize the occult um the powers of darkness and, and so on and so on. But I sort of had this working theory that like, we really need to talk about this. Mm-hmm. And so I started putting some stuff out on Instagram and like for the last month, I think I've probably gotten around 20 or 30 messages from people saying like, my mom is deep in uh, Wicca mm-hmm. um, or Reiki, which like I said, is like a particular healing, healing, m- mysterious healing art. I mean, but would you say that this is like the one topic that people have been most interactive on? I post about Scientology and people mm-hmm. are like, oh wow, this is really interesting. Yeah. I'm glad you guys did that. Um, I post about the occult or like Wicca yeah. and people legitimately are like, please don't stop. Unless somebody starts a religion centered around Francis Chan. I don't see anything beating this. We know some Christians who <laughs> come close to worshiping Francis Chan, <laughs> you know, but, um, but people have really responded personally. I'll say this too. Every time I post about a cult, um, we lose followers too. Yeah. So I'll just go oh, and really? say that. Oh yeah. I think so today we posted pretty heavy about the trip mm-hmm. and, um, and I mean, I don't know how many, but like I, I sometimes with the posts that I wonder are going to be like controversial or turn mm-hmm. people off, I sometimes keep up and I, I think we lost at least 10 followers. Oh, really? And I just, I just have, some people just don't want to look at it. Yeah. Yeah. You know sure. what I mean? Like I posted some pictures from, from our trip and like none of them are graphic, but like if I, I thought about putting like a trigger warning on it in all honesty, mm-hmm. you know, just cause some people are sort of sensitive to that. Mm-hmm. But I, but I, 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 I tell you guys, like, seriously, the last month has almost been burdensome for me because I've gotten so many messages from people saying, Hey, my daughter's in this, my, my mom's in this, um, my youth, you know, I'm a youth pastor and my youth are asking me questions about this. And so that's really gotten me burdened, but also fired up. And so the backstory then, as, a, as of course, and, and for listeners, for for viewers, like it's a it's a routinely it's a routine thing that at some point we're all hanging around because this isn't the only time we hang out. We hang out independently. You stop by the church office. It seems like almost every other day when, seems like when you get off from selling carpet. <laughs> um, and as is typically the case, it was kind of like you guys want to go get into some trouble at a, at some wicca shops. Yeah. And you guys are like, let's roll, you know. And so we got in the car, uh, drove up to to Asheville, and like I said, we it sounded we, like there wasn't a lot of preparation. There was a ton. <laughs> of preparation. Oh no, 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 yeah, that was about a month. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. okay. 
I'm glad you said that actually. So yeah, <laughs> so yeah, it's, not, it's not done flippantly. Yeah, in the least. Yeah, yeah. And I know people that know the podcast know that about us, but like, yeah, for somebody who might be new. Well, I'll be honest too. Like, it's never flippant, but this mm-hmm. was less flippant. I mean, this was even more serious. Yeah, 100%. Like you called me one day in the middle of the day and was like, "You nervous about this one?" You know? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, because I had sent you guys out like very long post. I don't even remember what I said, but like you were mm-hmm. worried about me. I think it's <laughs> part of my curiosity. I need to call you about it. Yeah, well, it's like we have the prayer list, and like I had, and other people were taking it even more seriously too. Like I had multiple people that I know that are on that prayer list being like, "Hey, by the way, I want you to know." I am praying for you on that day. And like that kind of stuff was like, it was, I don't know. It means the world to us. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm always reading and researching, but like that even went to a different level. Um, I was sending you guys resources on, you know, kind of knowing what we were getting into, knowing what these people were likely to believe. And then even some information because some of the places we went to are well-known institutions in the neo-pagan movement, like even some information about the shops. And so we prepped for close to a month. Yeah. um, And we were really prayed up. Um, I think all three of us went to a different level of our own spiritual, personal preparation. And then, um, yeah, so we, we, we got in my new Subaru and, um, and uh, my new old Subaru 2007. So, um, but but yeah, uh, yeah, only bit of goody. But um, so and we drove up to Asheville, and our and our first stop um, was probably the best, honestly, yeah. uh, oh, as yeah. far as like from from a learning standpoint. I'm really glad we did it in the order that we did it. Man, what a bummer! If we had started with some of the other ones, and then when oh, we retired, man. finished on oh, this one, but, so we'll stop beating around the bush. We walk into Sorry. this place. Oh no, no, no! Just <laughs> like I feel like we we sound like war veterans. You know, just like ah, <laughs> oh, God, and if people had understood how bad the the artillery was, you know, um, but we walk into this place and, uh, in literally it's a, it's a, it's a neo-pagan supply store. So this is the grocery store for people who are looking to do rituals. Right. So some of that ritual is burning incense, um, burning incense on altars to these deities, to these for natural spirits, literally some potions. There were literally cauldrons. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You got, I mean, yeah. yeah were, uh, I was, if you asked me what I was surprised about, it was the cauldrons. Cause I thought that was kind of a joke, mm-hmm. but they literally have cauldrons oh, yeah. to make these potions. in. Oh, yeah. I mean, potions, they're not, I don't know. They're probably not potions, but like, um, these mixtures and stuff mm-hmm. like that for, for oils and, and all that. But they were in, yeah, they were in cauldrons with pentagrams on them. Um, yeah. and, uh, and so we walk in and, um, we have this really great dynamic and I really, I, I think, think this past weekend was really the first time I was able to like nail it down. And Ben, I I was telling you about it. Like, I think that when we were in there is, uh, so typically our, our play and it's not a play, this is legit genuine. Like, so we walk in and, um, first thing, you know, right away, the the store I think was half full when we walked in, there was a handful of people there just open too. They just open. And, uh, there was a handful of people in there being waited on by the, the person working there who we found out later was the owner. And, um, we just started looking around and somehow the three of us ended up in the kids section, mm-hmm. which I was blown away. Is that there was a crazy kids either. section. I mean, literally on the Insta right next to the heavy literature section. Yeah. So like, yeah, right next to the bookshelf that includes like all of the, the key books yeah. and things like that are, is literally a sign that says witchcraft for teens. Yeah. And then there's like, chil- like kid, there's children's, children's literature yeah. with like mm-hmm. bunny rabbits on it. Yeah. Um, and so we're all hanging out in there and, you know, we kind of have this look on our face of like, Oh, we're wearing masks, which, um, 
you know, in Asheville still, they're taking the pandemic very seriously, which I understand. Um, but, uh, and then in walks, um, our new friend who's, who's the proprietor of the store, mm-hmm. um, or actually, no, I was saying next cash register. And this is sort of a key point, um, is she finishes up and we're the only ones in the store, which is, you know, serendipitous. Like I, I really think it was like the Lord wanted to give us 10 or 15 minutes of just time with this lady. So she goes, you know, Hey, Gentlemen, is there anything I can help you with? Now, first off, one thing you have to understand, I know you guys understand this, but the demographics of the neo-pagan movement are such that you guys are in your mid to late 20s, or as Ben would say, he's in his mid 20s, but um, (laughs) I'm in my early 30s. So um, three, you know, mid 20s to early 30s, white guys, um, we're not the typical shopper at that store. Uh, Wicca, especially in a place like Asheville, which is kind of that Portland type feel Mm -hmm. is predominantly women, Mm -hmm. young women. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and probably indefinitely, actually, I'm not going to beat around the bush has a liberal bent to it. Very left leaning has a left leaning Mm -hmm. bent to it. She's talking about the winches for Trump. Yeah. So what did she say? She said, uh, she was like, she's like, well, she was just uh, jump ahead, but she was talking about the idea of like the, uh, political, breakdown amongst witches and she says you know there's even republican witches you know they got witches for trump she makes me want to drink but yeah <laughs> so so we're standing there and you got to think she's looking at us going what are, what are these idiots doing here and and yeah. um so she goes can i help you guys with anything and we lead in and i and i say what i say a lot of times which is yeah hey we we're in the area we're not from around here um we're from about an hour away and um but i teach religion at a college, mm-hmm. and uh, I don't know if I mentioned right away that it was a Christian college, but I like to mention that at some I point. I think it was later. Yeah, and I said, but I teach on neo-paganism and Wicca and things like that. I always like to see it with my own eyes as opposed to just read about it, mm-hmm. so we, we wanted to come by and take a look, and I said, in my studies, it really seems like it's growing, and it is. So the initial estimates, um, if you look in the 90s, According to surveys, like most religious survey organizations like Pew estimated that there was around like 8,000 witches in the United States. And I think that was low even then yeah. because it was pretty popular in the 90s. But you got to understand, like people weren't very comfortable identifying as a witch. Right. Um, they might say they were a Christian, but they had a lot of neo-pagan beliefs and rituals. Mm-hmm. In the early 2000s, it had gone up to like the couple hundred thousands. Now here in 2021, I genuinely believe, at least in our part of the country um, and in larger metropolitan areas, we're talking in the millions now. Mm-hmm. And um, You're thinking in the United States alone? In the United States. Okay. And I think in other parts, specifically Western Europe, it's it's probably much more than that mm-hmm. um, because that's where, that's where the movement sort of came right. from, you know. Mm-hmm. But so I say that and she goes, yeah. I, I, it is, she goes, I really think people are trying to get a sense of control over their lives. Mm-hmm. So yeah. yeah, it's growing. And I've told people as they've asked me about the trip, I was like, we could have just left there because yeah. that was sort of the quote right there because that's what it is, mm-hmm. is people are looking for, for control. Um, and so then, yeah, so we kind of, um, I think you and I were standing there talking to her. Um, and so this is where the dynamic comes into play. It's a lot of fun for me to watch is um, because I am the professor, the scholar, people lower their defenses when we walk in and I say, I'm a professor. And what they hear when I say that is I'm neutral, mm-hmm. even though I'm not. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I think something about academia make people feel like, oh, they're not here to 
protests, which we weren't, you know. And then what's funny to me is you have much more of an evangelistic bent on these trips, which I really appreciate. Later on, you had the opportunity to share with her. And Ben, which is going to surprise nobody, <laughs> says almost nothing. <laughs> But just walks around and just observes everything yeah, like a human sponge. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, so we were, so we were off Frequently to the races. We'll get in the car and Ben will remember what they said better than the people having the conversation. Yeah. Which is always a good. Like, yeah, that's, that's helpful. It's pivotal. Mm-hmm. Us getting in the car after these trips is always some of my favorite moments, too. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, so, 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 so she takes us to, um, to kind of like pick out some resources and 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 just kind of like some basic stuff like she was selling you pretty hard she was trying to sell me books <laughs> yeah um she was trying to sell me books and uh no, and she was quite the entrepreneur very much oh, so yeah. and she was a sales lady no, no, no. yeah well what did she say when i asked her like um about like opening the store i think i had asked like how did you guys come about opening up the store I can't remember how that how that conversation went. But I remember you talking about that. Yeah, and she was just talking about how popular it was. And yeah, like she was well, the first thing really that people need to understand if you're listening to this, you're going, man, it seems like they're devoting a lot of energy and in a whole episode to this movement. Is like I I vaguely remember when I asked her, I was like, so how did you come about opening the store? It was basically out of necessity. Mm-hmm. It seemed like there was yeah. just nowhere for them to buy their stuff other than like ordering online. But she said like quickly after they opened the store, there was a line out the door. Yeah. She was saying during COVID when there was only like a one person allowed in the door. I mean, oh, dude, it's so funny. It's coming back to me now. When she said this, she said um, it was snowing Yeah, and they could only allow one at a time. And people were coming in. They had piles of snow on their head. Yeah. Yeah. She was like, because they were waiting out and in, in the snow yeah. so long to get their supplies. Right. Kind of crazy. So we go, so we got, we go through, you know, just kind of like this initial conversation with her and she's telling us about about her about the business and uh and just we're kind of asking some some key stuff um and yeah quickly she recognizes and and tells us like it's a very liberal movement specifically Mm -hmm. the group that she's involved with um she uh sort of rejected the notion of any connection to gerald gardner um because he was a misogynist Mm -hmm. um and I think she might have even said a racist too, which which wouldn't surprise me coming out of the early 20th century in the UK. Right. But, yeah. Um, but yeah, and then we kind of all went our separate ways and, and you started having a conversation with her, I think, right? Mm, yeah. Well, I was just kind of walking around a little bit and there was a few things that I was like feeling very prompted to ask him about. I actually was about to get in a conversation with her worker. Um, with the other employee there. Yeah. But I didn't, I thought, ah, you know what? I'll just talk to her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I, and it sounds kind of dumb, but like there was like the uh, the bundles that they were selling, yep. like the mm-hmm. sage bundles, mm-hmm. which we have to talk about the fragrance that yeah. was in the air while we were there at some point. But um, they were all marked something differently, and one of them, and and a large line of them were sacred. So it'd be like, yeah. you know, something wood. I don't think the wood exists, but something yeah. wood mm-hmm. sacred bundle yeah. or something like that. And I just went over. I was like, hey. Can you come over here and talk to me about these you know, different sages? And she was, we were talking about it, and she was basically saying, because uh, in our context, right, sacred means something. Mm-hmm. Sacred means something that's either went through a ritual or been prayed over or a part or something. And uh, she was like, no, that's just what they decided to call it. And it was right. just so like they hadn't a, been blessed or anything like that. Uh, it, as far as what she said, it okay. sounded like it was just like they make those bundles and they make those names mm-hmm. because it seems like it'll 
get people to buy it right and okay. and uh and that's when she, she, we brought up i said well you know in my context coming from like it, in this religion it would seem it would mean something right mm-hmm. and uh and she was like you keep saying the word religion and i don't think that's really accurate <laughs> yeah. I, was like, I was like okay so this is when ben <laughs> almost lost his crap yeah ben got upset. oh that why did that upset you you didn't get upset a, in the store but this religion. is a this is a conversation <laughs> point it's a later. <laughs> why <laughs> why so it, it upset you that she was Splitting oh, hairs, right? Exactly. It's religion. Yeah, <laughs> I yeah. mean, it's a world. It's a world view. Yeah, it explains. You know, I mean, it explains how the world is. You know, how to go, how to go about it. A moral compass within it. It's, it's it has all the aspects of a religion. Yeah, she didn't yeah. even like the idea of like when I started talking about spiritual, right? Yeah, which I assume some was probably my ignorance and like the way they go about it. But like to me, I'm like you're calling on and on an unseen force to manipulate unseen and seen things. I was like, I don't know what else you want to quantify that as other yeah. than spirit. And she tried to, she tried to relate it to electricity and I was just like, Oh, that's cute. Break. No, no, no. Break, break that down. Cause I thought that was an interesting point. The whole electricity thing. Well, and I, she was talking about the same way that whenever they're doing magic or, or a ritual, I don't want to say like spell, but it is yeah, yeah, spells, yeah, yeah, but like yeah. it was ritual. Let's stick with ritual. ritual. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I thought, dude, I thought it was so crazy how many grimoires they had in there. They just had like notebooks and notebooks and notebooks for people to, well, get. so the notebooks um, are typically seen as what's called a book of shadows, yeah. which as as a witch who usually sometimes is part of a coven. Yeah. And there's there's tons of pop culture that where people learn these words, but literally a coven is a small group of witches, right. you know, Wicca practitioners. Sometimes witch it's limited. Community. Yeah, witch community. Sometimes in particular groups and schools of Wicca, it's limited to 13. Okay. Which obviously is intentional. Um, and as that coven or that individual develops r- ritual practices, they note it yes. in the Book of Shadows. Right. And so very famous uh, witches like Gerald Gardner have books of, you know, I don't know how you would conjugate it, but, you know, books of shadows mm-hmm. um, that people still to this day will buy Gerald Gardner's Books of Shadows. But usually like those blank notebooks that you're right. talking They're about for them making them themselves exactly. and in right. their community. So to a certain degree, I, I don't want to equate it with a rite of passage by any means, because in the study of religion and culture and anthropology, like rite of passage is a very specific thing. But I would imagine for a new witch, for somebody witch who's, a, who's entering yeah. into that community, getting and beginning work on their book of shadows is likely the closest thing to an initiation. I would imagine mm-hmm. that's just a guess. Yeah, I got you. I mean, it makes, that makes sense. Yeah. I suppose. Mm-hmm. And, but, and I was just kind of walking through that with her. It's just been like, you know, it, well, she was basically just saying that magic or spells or rituals is just calling on an energy that's in the world that's already there. Just you have to tap into it. Mm-hmm. Yes. And that the spells and the rituals was the action of tapping into that force, if mm-hmm. you will. And she equated it to, to electricity. She's like, electricity is just there, but whenever you you know i don't know how electricity yeah. works necessarily we need jake here but uh whenever our you, friend jake is an electrician electrician and a great youth pastor and um when he but that's what she was saying she was basically just like the same way you would tap into electricity you mm-hmm. tap into this force and to me and maybe it's like a my worldview in the way i interpret it it seems like spirituality but she didn't really like the way that i was using what that term did she use she like all the things I said, way of life, um, way of life, okay. yeah, uh, life energy, and I also broke down where the idea of being like, so where do you see the power mm-hmm. coming from? 
Because I just wanted her to be like, all right, so this is the deity that I, you know. Well, and this with. is where the dynamic that I'm talking about is useful because I, not, not that I'm not going to be evangelistic, but we're sort of there under the, and it's not a pretense. I mean, to listeners, understand like, I, we are legitimately doing anthropological work and academic work, but along with that, it's evangelistic in nature. Sure. And so you you come in and, and you ask a little bit more pointed questions than I do. And it's not to antagonize anybody, no. but it's just to figure out like, okay, yeah. let's get past the academic words yes. that yeah. are nice and clean mm-hmm. and let's right. actually get to lived religion. Right. Well, and she even started talking about, she was like, some witches will predominantly... Um, I almost be like I almost want to say like Adventy, you know what I mean? But mm-hmm. they they are they are committed, if you will, to these uh, deities. Mm-hmm. And she even named like Poseidon and yeah. like a couple others. I really? can't, yeah, one hundred percent. And and uh, I I really wanted her to say hers, and I just I don't know why. Well, the the shop deity was Hecate. Hecate was. Uh, I don't I don't know much about it. I oh, haven't gotten okay. a chance to look it up, but that's. The shop deity that she showed us the altar and there's pictures. Yeah. I'll have pictures of that yeah. available um, on uh, on Instagram and also if you sign up for the ATAP Insider, which is the mm-hmm. at this point it's it's kind of every week or every two weeks. Um, I'll send out some pictures there. But yeah, the shop the shop deity that they make offerings to at the altar in the shop was I think it was Hakate. Okay. Well, and yeah, and that's just that's what I was trying to get to. It's just like, hey, but like this has this power has to come from somewhere. You know what I mean? I can look at science and tell you where electricity comes from. Show me where the magic's coming from. And we yeah. could. I I think I asked you this in the car, but I can't remember. They don't have like a creation myth or anything like that, or like they don't have. Do they have an eschatol like a developed eschatology or anything? Is it just so wide ranging? It's hard yeah. To I mean, it's hard to answer that question because it is so wide ranging, okay. right? But the nature of we'll say not. It's not the cosmology. Um, or like the beginning of things, but the nature of the deities is typically, like I mentioned, you know, masculine and feminine. The way that that typically plays out. Um, do you guys remember seeing the the horned god that probably reminded you of Christian images of Satan? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Did you see that? I think I know which one you're talking about. So it was the one that was everywhere. <laughs> So, so to to listeners, if you go on Instagram, there's a post from whatever today is, uh, October 5th, where there's one picture of like a cup and it has, um, a horned, like a horned figure. And, um, to a Christian, they probably think that's Satan. Now, um, one small note is a lot of times in Christian culture, we equate Satanists and witches and they're very much different. We'll have to do Satanism some other time. Mm -hmm. Um, but, uh, but the the two deities that you hear the most um, really are the the feminine deity, which sort of has a triune nature to mm-hmm. it, and that's we talked about this. We it's the the young woman, the like middle aged woman and mother, and then the the crone. This is mm-hmm. like the the older lady, and that demonstrates and and represents kind of the three natures of femininity. Mm-hmm. But then you have that horned figure, um, and I'm probably going to mess up the pronunciation of his of its name is uh, uh, Um I don't, I don't know how to pronounce it necessarily. Um, but it's, it's this horned goat looking type figure mm-hmm. that is not Satan. Um, and it has, it has these two horns. And so it represents sort of, typically it represents sort of like a duality, mm-hmm. um, in nature, um, of light and dark. Mm-hmm. And so, so the reason I say that is, um, I'm sure there are creation myths, um, because people just seek to explain things. Baphomet. Baphomet. Okay, good. And so, um, 
and you're playing your young Jamie really well there. But um, so I have no idea of what you're <laughs> but um, but there is there is kind of like a developed um, uh, identity of mm-hmm. major deities, and so I would imagine a creation myth is somewhere in there. Okay, you know what I mean. Um, and so so yeah, so Josh is having this this. Uh, kind of vast <laughs> uh conversation with 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 this lady um who who i'm going to emphasize was nothing but nice to us yeah i mean yeah. super friendly yeah. super helpful for yeah, us yeah like low-key playful like she was she she enjoyed talking to us and it's i can't remember when but we made it painfully clear we were christians yeah, um, yeah. at least once or twice Especially and i did when I started talking about jesus yeah and josh right. starts mentioning well that's not what jesus said but uh <laughs> um you know and so but she yeah she enjoyed talking to us and um but one thing that as i so you were having that conversation and me and ben started walking around and i was taking mm-hmm. pictures and video at this point which she gave us permission mm-hmm. which was really cool um because it really I know it helped me sort of take in things. And I know that um, as we come back and that second goal of, Hey, we want to teach Christians how to do this too, or at least even, even if they're not going to engage with people in the occult, like, Hey, this is what's actually going on in the world. Because, because right, right. I think Christians have been at least in the Bible belt have been deceived into thinking like, that's just in the movies. That's just horror movies. Yeah. That's just Harry Potter. Yeah. And it's just like, no, this is down the street. You know, like, and if you live in, in even a semi-metropolitan area, this is near you. Right. And so we want to be able to document that for people. Um, and so, you know, Ben and I were looking around at all these these things. Like, mm-hmm. we were asking her about some of the tools for divination and mm-hmm. the runes, um, which the runes, she said, were basically, like, just old... Alphabet. It was Scandinavian. It was it was old Scandinavian alphabet. I thought it was Celtic, but it was Scandinavian, and somehow they used them basically for divination, which is, you know, it could be any number of things. Um, But what's interesting is I asked her, and I sort of felt like an idiot asking, but I think it was a good question because I watched the Marvel movies, Mm -hmm. and I know you guys do too, and I watched um, uh, Wandavision. Wandavision, yeah, and. In that, Is there I a spoiler warning here, Jeremy. No, I will make sure to not spoil it. But I will say, towards the end of Wandavision, runes play an important part. Oh, really? Because Wanda is the Scarlet Witch. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I'm I'm obsessed Come with this on, Disney. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> By the way, and I'm going to say I've said this a lot. If if you are the type, okay, if you are the type to prohibit people from watching Harry Potter. That's your prerogative. That's your understanding. You probably shouldn't let your kids watch Marvel then either. We're coming, we're coming for you, princess and the frog. Yeah. I I mean, Disney, Disney is religion one oh one as far as I'm concerned. Um, but yeah, Marvel's full of it. And actually it was really interesting to talk to her because we asked her, has Marvel, had an uptick in interest oh, yeah. because like you Nordic have, and, yeah, yeah. Cause you have the Norse mythology, like Thor and Loki are actual Norse, Norse gods. Mm-hmm. You have Wanda who's a witch, mm-hmm. um, you know, and then now you have these characters, Dr. Strange, yeah, Dr. Strange, which is like a Buddhist East, uh, yeah. you know, yeah. South Asian, East Asian kind of religious figure. Um, and then now you have, um, these new characters, the, uh, the eternals yeah, yeah. and, and they're kind of have magic. And so she kind of laughed and she was like, actually, yeah, she said, but not a substantial one. Like right. those people don't really stick around. Right. Sure. So, so, so this is one thing though, that both of you were amazed at with that in mind, 
How? Yeah, what? She actually said, she said, uh, she's like, who wouldn't want to pick up Mjolnir? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. She was like, yeah, who wouldn't want to pick up Thor's hammer, yeah, Mjolnir? Yeah. And uh, we, we actually, which one of you had asked? It had to have been you. Why am I even saying? Oh. <laughs> like, when we were driving up there, you were joking about whether or not they would have Oh, yeah. Mjolnir, because I was saying how Norse mythology. Hey, might they be. had brooms, bro. Like, I mean, yeah, they did have brooms on the wall. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I don't yeah, know yeah, that they were for yeah. sale, though. I think it might have just been for. Fun. I think they yeah. were for sale because one of the other places we went had brooms for sale, and it was yeah. much less. You got to think it's decoration, though. Just to pl- like tongue in cheek, you know. I They're mean, not flying around on brooms, bro. I mean, you know. Uh, man. Yeah, but so anyway, so Norse mythology not. does fit into neo-paganism, mm-hmm. right? It had a parking um, sign above it, so it definitely didn't. But yeah. but with all that in mind, um, and, and you know, in in the midst of all this, there's pictures um, of uh, you know ritual candles, which mm-hmm. which have mm-hmm. these labels of like if you you know the there's a shut your mouth candle like so yep. somebody's running around their mouth there's a candle you can burn yep. to get that person to shut up you want to make more money yeah, there's yeah. a candle you can burn to make more money yep. you want to be more seductive there's a candle you can burn yeah, yeah. to be more seductive and so on and so on and so on um oh i got right here but w- yeah i yeah um, cash flow i spy and witch doctor were yeah, names right. of the yeah and i mean some of them don't even explain what they do so I'm sure that there's an aspect of like, you need yeah, to kind of yeah. ask, but, but with all that in mind, how busy was that shop? Pretty busy. Pretty busy. I mean, I think in the, in the, in the about hour that we were there, mm-hmm. I think there was about 20 other people that came through there. there. Close to oh 2000, yeah. yeah. No, they were, they had some foot traffic. That was early. We were there early. So there's right. no telling what it was like the rest of the day. Yeah. And one thing Josh, you had said, um, was the accessibility of it all. Yeah, man. It was like, I mean, is that not any easier to see than the fact that they had kids books? Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, like witchcraft for all ages, mm-hmm. you know, it was just, it was all over the place. And it's also represented by the fact that it's on TikTok, and it's just, it's, it was just, it was just everywhere. Right. You know? And I don't know if we might want to move on to the other stores or anything, no, but ahead. like at a certain point we were like, let's just walk downtown Asheville and see how many shops we go into. And when we were looking for it, we it was easy for us to find a half dozen. It was easy for us to find four or five, six shops just within a oh, yeah. not even a block of each other, you know? And it was just everywhere. It was every it's like every block. It was everywhere. It's like you 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 spin around three times pointing a random direction and yeah. there's a shop near there and I remember there was one road we were on that had three. Yeah. Which was just mind boggling and they were all different levels of um I'm going to use the word intensity. Yeah. But like there was some that you went in and it was just like, oh, hey, here's your, here's your, uh, here's your crystals. Pick a crystal, Mm -hmm. you know? And then you had like, you know, one of them, as soon as we walked in, there was witch stickers, you know? Yeah. And like, like really playing into (laughs) this is where Ben calls hullabaloo. The hullabaloo. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But then we walked into the one which looked like it was like Ikea for witches, you know? And it was just like, just. But that one was legitimate though. 100%. Yeah. 100%. There was a tarot card reader in the back. 100%. Okay. I know which one. I know which one you're talking about now. Yeah. Yeah. It was very, chic and, yep. and i mean i yeah. will point out there was a snake in there which and michelle obama's devil, and michelle so. obama's autobiography yeah that was I a random bringing that up yeah. that's but, so weird yeah, that was <laughs> that's a random so one weird, dude. Yeah. yeah well i mean i think a lot of that has to i know this is gonna sound crazy i think a lot of it's like the the um the feminist uh angle yeah that a lot of that like this movement mm-hmm. is taking on where it's just like a uh, most powerful woman in the world arguably sure uh, i mean x perhaps or at least but, popular yeah, yeah yeah and it was just like i mean podcast kills you know but yeah. like it's just like hey 
We'll put her book in yeah, here sure. right next yeah, to. Yeah, it's not the that Michelle Obama has anything to do with witchcraft. Hundred percent. But it's like, but but her book makes it more appeasable. You know, yeah. some yeah. of the other books that were in that store. Yeah. Um, and it was just you know crystals everywhere. They had uh, there was there was wands in there. Yeah, there, there was. Wands. Um, Which I wish I had gotten the opportunity to just like some of those more like tongue-in-cheek like mm. brooms wands because the the wands the wands were definitely for were, sale were for sale and they were yeah. there with what was it? were there wands in the first shop yeah yeah right okay. above the altar you're gonna ask they okay. had any unicorn hair you gonna ask they no had no goodness gracious <laughs> um i i have a feeling that because like so if you if you read into like wicca ritual is there are particular um times where they will go out depending on the uh, phase that the moon is in mm-hmm. and these are called espots um and um espots e-s-b-a-t-s espots. okay okay so so they oftentimes will be a circle drawn around an altar mm-hmm. um that is being set up for a particular purpose i have a feeling and like if if, the, if there's a wicked practitioner listening to this uh you know honestly in, in the name of jesus we, we we truly are trying to be respectful and make it to be where like you're listening to this and you're not offended at how uh loosely we're handling your beliefs but at the same time uh, my best guess once again is that wands are likely in some fashion used for the the forming of the circle like a draw like a drawing yeah. of the circle I, I type thing see, you I know, know what i mean um i, I doubt that it's like a harry potter type thing you know well, what i mean like, like my, expelliarmus type stuff well my first thing was like almost being like an extension of like uh of of ta- like almost like um we use jake i'm so sorry you use like a uh uh, like a transformer for like electricity, like the okay. idea of like it helps you harness trans, it helps sure, you yeah, harness yeah. electricity. None of would us it, really know what we're talking well, about. I have no idea. Yeah. But what <laughs> it has an amp, a breaker, I don't know, aperture, but, shutter speed, <laughs> like flux capacity, you know. But like if the wand is just like another instrument for tapping into that energy yeah. that they say yep. is already out there, that would be the thought that I have. Something like that. Um, I don't know. Bring yeah. back in the fact maybe the brooms yeah. are legitimate. Right. But um, all that to say, that would be my thought for wands. I don't know. I'm interested in in you know. So we we've talked quite a bit about the the first particular shop and and Josh, as you alluded to, the the other ones we went into in in varying degrees were um, anywhere from kind of like an Asheville hippie tourist type mm-hmm. thing, which had ritual candles in it and tools for divination, but more of kind of like a a kitsch kind of just like this is cute and fun and you know maybe this is something that somebody might pick up and and be interested in but not a shop for practitioners that dude that's the thing it's the first place we went there was a i overheard a conversation between the employee not the main lady that we were talking to but the the employee we know their names by the way it's not that we don't know these people's names it's just we're trying to protect their identities yeah i threw out some aliases and jeremy knocked them all down (laughs) but uh I overheard a conversation where she had her basket, right? Mm-hmm. And it looked like something that like Little Red Riding Hood had. Before, okay, like, sure. She got eaten by wolf. And uh, um, she was just putting in what she needed for the week. Mm-hmm. And I overheard a conversation between the employee and her where she was asking her about what sage she should use. Yeah. And she was saying, I used this one and I liked it because it really put the spirits in my house at ease. And she was like, oh, that's great. Yeah. And it was like very much like, 
uh, almost like if you were to go to like a pet store and you're like, hey, my dog has an upset stomach. What's the best? And I'm not trying to sound flippant. That. It's no, just that's like, how just, it was. Yeah. And it was just like, oh, I have the perfect thing. Yeah. Try the, yeah. you know, this. <laughs> if I can, if, random if I can make a listener understand, like you just perfectly described it, that is like we – we continually apologize for any sense of sounding flippant. Here's the reason why is that to the people coming into this store, it was casual. Yes. Mm-hmm. Like it wasn't flippant. It was, it it was, was the grocery store, but fun. Mm-hmm. Well, and it was the grocery store for like, I mean, there was one girl who literally came in and bought like one piece of wood and it was yeah. like a small piece of wood. And when she went up to the counter, um, you know, our, our new friend was like, is this Oak or cherry? And the girl was like, it's Oak. And, you know, to, to, to the uninitiated, which was me, um, you know, they kind of looked at each other and, and like laughed a little bit and like, so they both know something that we don't know about oh, what, yeah. what is Oak used for? Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? But it was literally just one piece of wood. She came into that store from who knows where right. to buy one piece of wood mm-hmm. for some ritual purpose, likely yeah. for burning. Right. Yeah. But, but, but burning for what purpose? Right. right. And so, for what ritual? For right. What and process. so it's just, it, yeah, it's super, it's super casual. And so it was crazy busy. It was very informative. Um, and for three guys who really enjoy learning, it was great to learn, but it was burdensome. It was heavy. I got that question quite a bit on Instagram was like, was it heavy? Yeah. Did you sense any demons and things like that? Um, and I have to say, no, I, I didn't. Um, no. I did use the, the, um, the allegory. Um, and Josh, I apologize because Josh has a, a, a deep phobia for snakes. But when somebody asked me, said, uh, you oh, know, wrong. did you did you encounter any demons? I got that question on Instagram. This is such a good. Um, I didn't say this to this person because it's, you know, it's kind of too much for Instagram. But I'll say it in this format. It's like, no. But sometimes when I go hiking, I think to myself, well, I didn't see any snakes. But I'm sure that there's at least a few who saw me. Right. And the fact of the matter is, like, we went into enemy territory. Mm-hmm. And, and all three of us believe in the unseen realm of, of a spiritual world that we are affected by and that we can affect. And so um, I believe, and, and I know you guys too, in demons. And I, I truly believe that the powers of darkness that are at play in these stores were aware of us and they were aware of what we were doing. And that's one of the many reasons why we were so intentional leading up to it and have been since we got home to be vigilant in prayer, Mm -hmm. um, to be vigilant in fasting, to be vigilant in, um, you know, just speaking truth over our own lives, having people speak truth over us. And so, um, so, so, uh, you know, before we move on and, 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 and like I said, we, we had some other, encounter some of these stores were like kind of like we said kitschy there was another one um uh at the the particular crystal store the the one that almost seemed like a museum yeah um and and that was heady i'm gonna tell you we won't we won't really go into detail about all these conversations because the podcast would just be too long but if you've been sort of lulled into the feeling that these people are foolish um, and that they're stupid they might be foolish for for believing in what they believe because i do believe that the beginning of wisdom is the fear of the fear of the Lord, but um, they're not stupid. Like the one guy we met in the crystal store was extremely eloquent oh, yeah, very and much defended so. his faith even before we introduced ours in such a way that it would have taken like multiple conversations to work through. Yeah. Um, but you know, so I was talking to, cause a lot of what he was saying wasn't wrong. It was like, yeah, half truth. And I'll, and I'll say this man, like, 
Um, you know, I had somebody message me today on Instagram and kind of be like, hey, does this stuff actually, does that stuff actually work? You know, and, and it's kind of a tough question to answer because it's like, we, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, cause I do believe there is a spiritual world that's at play. Now I don't believe that like, just me personally, I don't believe that like the demons are subject to these people. I don't believe that the powers of darkness are subject, but I believe that they're choosing to manipulate what seems to be true, mm-hmm. you know, to, to lead these people astray. And so it's a lion subject to the tamer. Sure. <laughs> that's a good, yeah, that's, that's good. Yeah. No. I mean, um, sorry to surround surprised. You say good stuff all the time, no, no, but, no. uh, <laughs> I mean, I mean, it is true, that's but, true. I, but I mean, it's just like, it's in the lion's best interest to do what the tamers ask. Yeah. Um, and so, but what I've been telling people recently is like, um, is it real? Yes or no? Yes. But real does not mean true. And like efficacy does not imply true or good. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like I've used the the example of like, um, you know, like I, I have a pretty slick magic trick that I do for kids and uh, and for Josh. And, uh, and <laughs> you know, I can <laughs> I can make a coin disappear really good, you know, but like depending on your perspective, the coin actually disappears. Mm-hmm. Sure. But that doesn't mean I vanished it. Right, right. And I feel like when we are talking about Wicca and neo-paganism and all these things, it's, it's like some of these people have genuinely, whether they've had bad experiences with organized religion or whether they have no experience with organized religion, they have seen some efficacy. They have seen something that works or appeals to them mm-hmm. in this belief system. Yeah. And my word for that is just because something works does not mean it's true or in your best interest. It can be like how I can make it seem like a coin vanished, but I know actually, I actually know where the coin is. And if you have the best perspective, Mm -hmm. you know where the coin is at all times. And, and I, I, I I just feel like that's what's happening here, you know? And so, um, you know, the the lady who was being so kind to us right before we left, I, I just kind of casually mentioned, um, we exchanged information and, um, you know, I said, Hey, I'm a, you know, I'm a follower of Jesus. I'm a Christian. So we disagree on a lot. I realized that, but we, we don't want, just like you don't want us to judge you by the caricatures and negative opinions of, of the populace of, of witches. Mm -hmm. Um, we wanted to come here and meet you. We want you to judge us, not by your bad experiences with Christians down the road. And she kind of smirked. And I think she appreciated that sentiment, but then she was like, you know, I bet you, we don't disagree on as much as you think. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And then proceeded to tell me about all the humanitarian efforts they have. And and they do have a lot, you know, Mm -hmm. feeding the homeless of helping people out. Mm -hmm. And I feel like, um, like one thing that's missing in in a conversation about any religious system and i know they don't like religion the word is the difference between like worldview and culture and morality Mm -hmm. is like she is saying i don't think we disagree on as much because you're trying to be a good person and i'm trying to be a good person and ben you mentioned a little while ago in kind of defining religion like the idea that like no this is a worldview like Mm -hmm. and i think what she doesn't understand and i don't think most people do is like we're not talking about changing your morality we're not talking about like let's all have the same morality you know and then we're on the same team is it's like no you see and understand and perceive the world through disbelief yeah completely different than me too Mm -hmm. you know what i mean and that's kind of where you were getting as like Mm -hmm. you can call whatever you want right religion spirituality you know 
anything in between. But the fact of the matter is it's a worldview and this is how you perceive truth, you know? Um, and I think that's what I'd want to get across to somebody is it's like, we make so much of the rituals. We make so much of like, okay, what are their specific beliefs? But I'm like, let's actually question for a moment. What is it? How is it that they see the world Mm. that has led them to believe these things and to participate in these things? And I think it comes back to control. Control, You know, I think it comes back to a feeling of, and I don't want to speak for an entire movement because some people probably don't fit into this, but I feel like a feeling of, of lostness, a feeling mm-hmm. of, of aimlessness yeah. of, of, uh, and lack of control implies weakness too. Yeah. Right. And also too, um, I had one Instagram user, um, make a great point today is, as I, as I do think that it's not coincidental that it is primarily women. Mm-hmm. And I think in the West, um, women have struggled as you know, there's a reason why there's a feminist movement. And I feel like, you know, a large portion of the, the Wiccan population is, is feminist to some degrees Mm -hmm. is I feel like that sense of like no control would appeal to, to maybe a subset of the population who, um, feel like they don't have control or powers 100%. Right. You know, and and then in a world too, that's obsessed with critical theory and things like that, where the Mm -hmm. idea is like, there's an oppressed and oppressor Yeah, is it would make sense that the oppressed might look to the spiritual world to overcome the oppressor. Right. Well, yeah. And I mean, outside of a Christian worldview, I guess that makes sense in, in a way, Yeah, you know, because I mean like, you know, Paul is talking about like I'm I'm made strong in my weakness yeah. because then Christ is glorified you yeah. know mm-hmm. and uh and if you don't have that worldview then it's kind of like well I have to attain the power somewhere right you yeah. know and as a Christian we're saying like my lack of power is my power mm-hmm. but and 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 very much like my lack of control is why I can be okay with it. Mm-hmm. That's why I can be okay with life and mm-hmm. how it goes. And like, I don't have to worry as much because like, I'm not mm-hmm. in control. Yeah. You know, thank God I'm not in control. Right. Um, so I, I think it, and that's the thing, like you just said, like our worldview and her worldview are very much just on two different sides of the tracks. Like it is, it is opposed to each other. Yeah. And even though we may have like similar characteristics in the fact that we want to, we want to help people. We mm-hmm. want to end hunger. We want to yeah. end oppression and sexism and racism and all these things. Mm-hmm. Like we are going through it through a different avenue mm-hmm. that is not our own power. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or like power that you know, we necessarily can call. You know what's the interesting thing though about with their morality and ours and stuff? Because I do agree that if we probably line up more from a moral standpoint on Many the majority things, yeah. of it, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's it seems morality is objective, Ben. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. But within Christianity, of course, we have—I mean, we have our own measuring stick. Yeah, good of right and wrong. Yes, and doesn't that doesn't seem to be within the literature of yeah. Wicca? Yes, because she was talking about some of the key founders and like so many of their flaws and stuff. Right, and you just wonder how do you? Un- I mean, how do you get to the point where you find that yeah. as a flaw? So, so what's interesting is there's two predominant lines of thinking within Wicca mm-hmm. in, in the classic teachings, and one is called the Wiccan Read, okay, which is essentially um, it's it's it says insofar as it doesn't hurt anybody, do what you will. Okay, so there's this ent- mentality is like as long as you're not hurting anybody, you can do whatever you want. Now that's what it says on this website. I'm on all things, all people. Yeah. <laughs> all things, all people.org shout out, right? Is it .org or .com? I never no, no, .org. Okay. Um, yeah. I purchased the domain and I can never remember. So, um, but yeah, so there's that. Well, never mind the fact that some of those candles literally were like binding 
right? Like, mm-hmm. like the idea to bind people. So I do think that in some sense, much of the Wicca community has come away from that belief. And, mm-hmm. the, and sometimes it's classified as the difference between white and uh, black magic mm-hmm. is the idea of white magic doesn't hurt anybody. Black magic is, you know, all bets are off. Right. Um, right. I actually think that there's a little bit of a movement towards the idea that insofar as it benefits you, mm-hmm. do whatever you want. Right. Okay. Um, but then the other so thing. So the read wouldn't apply like white magic. The read would imply white magic, yeah. right? But I mean, you go look at the pictures of the candles. Oh, you, yeah. you know what I mean? Like right. some of those things. It's like if you're controlling somebody else's will, yeah, that's not white magic. Yeah, you know, not 100%. that white magic is ever white magic, right? 100%. But like, where are you getting this money from when you're paying for right. better finances? Exactly. Like, um, but th- it's probably not budgeting better, <laughs> right? Exactly. Yeah. What if What if a Dave Ramsey book showed <laughs> up? So so just a bunch of envelopes appear at your door. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Crown Financial shows up at the door. Um, so, um, so gosh, dang it. Um, uh, the other thing, the other core tenet in regards to morality mm-hmm. is, uh, it's the threefold law mm-hmm. is that whatever you put out will come back to you threefold. Mm-hmm. And so hmm. in a sense, there's these soft lines of thinking that are by no means moral instructions, but a little bit of kind of like looking at the, the witch community and saying, whatever you put out is going to come back to you mm-hmm. and you better not hurt anybody. Now, I think for a long time that has governed that, but I think even our visit shows that that's changing a little mm-hmm. bit. I, I imagine though, that there still is a sense of um, that soft karma you know what I mean? It's not it's not classic karma in the sense of like the South Asian belief, but it's very similar. Yeah. The idea that it's going to come back to you threefold. Um, I would imagine that that there still is some sense of belief in that. Mm-hmm. You know, and so now there's not that's not a prescriptive morality, right? But a governance, mm-hmm. I suppose. But I mean, you know as well as I do, like when we talk about you know Jesus in Matthew five, right. You know, blessed are the poor in spirit, you know, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, blessed are the persecuted, blessed are the peacemakers. Like he's giving a prescription, right? He says, you've heard it said a man can divorce his wife, but this is what I tell you, you know, that if you've lusted after a woman, right? So there's like, there's a prescription there, right? Even more so in the 10 commandments and in, in the law. Um, and so I think we see a completely an utterly different view mm-hmm. on morality. Yeah. And I think where you're heading towards it, and I don't want to put words in your mouth is there's a little bit of subjectivism, actually a lot of subjectivism, the idea that like there's a subjective morality at play, mm-hmm. you know, ultimately that like they can decide what is good and what is bad. Right. What was I yeah. Well, it just seems to be what I was getting at. It just seems to be like some of their key founders, they're not taking on their morality. So my question yeah. is where are they getting their, yeah, yeah, where yeah. are they getting it from? And to that right. extent, it might be subjective. Yeah. yeah. Like to what you're saying to where it's kind of from person to person, what they deem right. Yeah. is right or wrong. No, I, and I think, I think you, I think you're right there. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, and, and it is, it is fairly individualistic. And I think also too, I, I, while there is a communal aspect within the covens and things like that is I, I do think one of the failings of it, um, one of the many failings of it is, um, it is heavily individualistic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, you know what I mean? Like there, I, I, I mean, with all due respect to, you know, um, some of the people we, we had the opportunity to meet is I just go, ultimately you are in it for yourself. 
you know, and if you choose to be, to love your neighbor, then fine. But if your neighbor is the one who you're 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 lighting these candles against, then you're you're in it only for yourself. Yeah. You know? Or if you're even implying with like the threefold law, and you're going about these humanitarian efforts as a way to be like it's going to come back to me three times. That's a transactional relationship, which is yeah. just going to dissolve. Yeah, and not yeah. have real and not have a real impact yeah. either. Yeah, and so you know, with all that in mind, like um, I don't I don't want to place too high of an emphasis on on apologetic um, because it, it's not that apologetics aren't useful in these situations, but I think the biggest thing is um, that I've walked away and I've been thinking about for like the last seventy two hours is power and control. Mm-hmm. And Josh, I think you kind of alluded to this is like. Is if, if if you're listening to this and, and you go, I know somebody who's in this, or or I am somebody who's in this. Uh, what I want to communicate is, I think Christians have done a bad job in the 21st century and the 20th century before it, communicating just how powerful our God is. You know, in the idea that, like, in the face of a re- of a religion seeking after power, that we have nothing to offer in that mm-hmm. regard. And it's a moral religion. Is it's a political religion? It's a societal religion, but it you know, but it isn't a religion of power, of of influence, of control. And um, you know, Josh, you said that the real power is in us not having the control, or, or mm-hmm. our God having the control. And I think that's what I would really love to communicate to to that community is the idea that's just like, listen, if if I pit all of you guys, if I put all of you guys in a room and I ask you, you know, what are the desires of your heart that you're using these spiritual practices and ritual for? A lot of them are going to be at odds with each other, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. but when you serve a higher purpose, especially a benevolent, loving and grace giving mm-hmm. God, it's like it's not like, domineering. It's submissive. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, um, and, and I would say like that, that's the thing. And, and that's also where prayer comes in. And, and, you know, we're three guys who, I mean, we all know people who are like, millions of years ahead of us in, in their prayer life and things like that. Yeah. But I just feel like my prayer life grew just from these experiences because it had to. Yeah. Yeah. Because I just realized I'm like, there is no intellect. There is no argument. There is no knowledge hmm. I can have to overcome some of these situations. It yeah. is only by the power of prayer and the power of the Holy spirit yeah. interceding on my behalf, testifying in the name of Jesus on my behalf in the spiritual realm, yeah. you know? And, um, and so that's, yeah, that's kind of one of the things I would say, because I've really been wrestling with it. People ask me all the time on Instagram, like, what do I do? You know, yeah. what, what do I tell them? What do I say to them? What's the magic argument? Mm. And I just sit there and I struggle and I'm like, I don't, the more I learn, the more I'm like, there, I- there isn't any. Yeah. Yeah. I, I loved when she said, uh, <clears throat> when, in, when we were ending our time at the first place and we were having a little bit more of evangelistic conversation and she threw into the doing our faces, the idea of churches that feed people before we always feed them after she said evangelicals. And and she very much called out evangelicals. And she said, if your message was as powerful as you think it is, then you would feed them before the message and they would stay. And the, and the thing for her is the message is that powerful. And that's what she wasn't expecting. That's and that's what they're not expecting. Walking away from that, thinking about that, that I mean, that was convicting for me. Not that we do that, but like us personally. But I have known 
I, ha- I have known of that type of thing of like, yeah. hey, let's bait and switch, you know. Yeah. And I just genuinely think, man, like the church needs to understand like the name of Jesus. Josh, you said it earlier today. Yes. We were talking to some friends. Yes. Like you were excited that the name of Jesus was named in these places. Mm-hmm. Like the name of Jesus, which who knows if it's even been mentioned in some of these mm-hmm. places, was mentioned. It was He was talked about. He was given honor and glory mm-hmm. that is only mm-hmm. due to him. Mm-hmm. Someone and, talked about his words and, and yeah. the things he said. And – and, and and there's power in that. And so, yeah, like if, if there's a pastor, if there's a missionary, if there's just a Christian listening to this and, and you're just like, I don't know what to do. Like, pre, like is this is not a cop out. This is not just like, I just preach the gospel, but it's just like, just preach the gospel. Like there's power and magnitude to the gospel, especially in light of the occult, because yeah. it's a, it's a, it's religions, thought systems, philosophies, beliefs, whatever you want to call it, electricity. Yeah. Uh, that is seeking after power yeah. and it's like it's light in a dark place it's yeah exactly and, and you know in in the light came into the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it mm. um and so i wanted to before we finish up i wanted to share this because this is on my mind all the time you know through the atap podcast I, I get to talk to people who have had experiences that you know we we you know would love to have and, and, and have, you know, all these crazy things. And then through this, we're starting to have experiences that people would really love to have. And I think all the time about Acts 17, when Paul was at the Areopagus, and, and if you haven't listened to the episode with Dr. Travis Kearns, where we talk about Latter-day Saints, he mentions this. And I thought about this a lot this weekend. Um, and it says, uh, so Paul stood in the midst of the Areopagus in Athens and said, man of Athens, I observe that you are very religious in all respects. For while I was passing through and examining the objects of your worship, I also found an altar with this inscription to an unknown God. Therefore, what you worship in ignorance, this I proclaim to you, the God who made the world and all things in it, since he is Lord of heaven and earth, does not dwell in temples made with hands, nor is he served by human hands as though he needed anything, since he himself gives to all people life and breath and all things. And he made from one man every nation of mankind to live on all the face of the earth, having determined their appointed times and the boundaries of their habitation, that they would seek God, if perhaps they might grope for him and find him, though he is not far from each of us, for in him we live and move and exist as even some of your own poets have said, for we are also his children. Being then the children of God, we ought not to think that the divine nature is like gold or silver or stone, an image formed by the art and thought of man. Therefore, having overlooked the times of ignorance, God is now declaring to men that all people everywhere should repent, because he has fixed a day in which he will judge the world in righteousness through a man whom he has appointed, having furnished proof to all men by raising him from the dead. Now, when they heard of the resurrection of the dead, some began to sneer, but others said, we shall hear you again concerning this. And uh, that's what I think about. You know, like, that's what I think about when we do these things. And, uh, you know, Josh, you mentioned the smell. People might laugh at that. But, like, Josh looked at me while we were in there. And, you know, there's this really overwhelming, you know, pungent odor. It wasn't unpleasant, but it was a religious smell. (laughs) When you have as many of these experiences as we've had now, you know, you're just like. um, It it wasn't wasn't Abercrombie. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, But it's just like I said on Instagram, like. I could have told we were in somewhere spiritual, but just by my nose. And, um, hmm. and I looked at Josh, you and I, and I, and I said, I don't know what it is, 
but it reminds me of the temples. And, you know, I've been in quite a few Hindu temples now. And, um, and I think about Acts 17, and I think about all the things we saw at these shops, these crystals, these candles, these altars, um, these Ouija boards, these divination tools, the runes, and whatever else. And I think about mm-hmm. Paul saying, if only you would grope for God, you might find him. But he isn't found in man-made images. He isn't found in gold and silver and stone. And he doesn't need anything from you. And I think about, um, you know, these people that we saw coming into these stores and, uh, and I just think about the people at the end, you know, some of you might ask, just be like, why are y'all even doing this? And I think sometimes we ask that, (laughs) you know, um, and I think about Paul saying, Hey, there was appointed one man who's going to judge over all this one day. And he was appointed that because he was raised from the dead. And, uh, these, these Athenians, some of them were very much against the idea of the resurrection from the dead. And so they, they sneered, but some of them said, we'll hear you again, keep talking. And so for some of you who listen, you go, why the heck do you guys keep doing this? It's not for a podcast. It's not just for you guys to hear it. I mean, this is part of it. Like we want to teach Christians how to do this and what this looks like and what the world believes about God. But first and foremost, we want to go back now and have opportunities to share about that resurrected man. Mm-hmm. Um, and we believe that the way that we carried ourselves in this trip and some of our other trips will make it to where we can go back and, uh, and share that gospel even more clearly than we did the first time. Mm-hmm. And so, um, gentlemen, any, any last thoughts, anything on y'all's minds as we, as we finish up before we, we close it out and get ready for the next base camp trip. Nothing other than the fact that when you were just reading that, I realized that that was a temple. Like well, that, it, met, it met every qualification for a temple house of worship, but it just wasn't too. But it wasn't a religion. <laughs> but it wasn't <laughs> it a religion, religion apparently. Apparently, yeah. yeah. But <laughs> but to to not a to not the true God. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I, just, mm-hmm. I feel like we're yeah we, we have to continue to go into the dark. Somebody has to. Yeah. Well, that's what the flag says. That's, that's what the yeah, flag into says. Into the dark. Yeah. Flag. Well, um, wonderful. Well. We're constantly working, trying to figure out what's next, mm-hmm. and we're doing that now. Uh, j- right before we pressed record, Josh said, I'm not sure we're done with this one, uh, so we'll see what happens. We'll see what that means. But be on the lookout for future Basecamp episodes. Lord willing, we'll continue to drop them once a month um, and uh, continue, of course, to listen to the ATAP podcast. Um, if you're watching on video, we have uh, Dwell Differently kits up here because this week's episode is with our friends from Dwell Differently uh, who teach you that you're going to dwell on something, might as well dwell on the Word of God, mm. um, and therefore dwell differently. And so check them out and uh, just be on the lookout. We have we have some great guests coming up. Um, and uh, and if you have ideas for Basecamp, that would be helpful because mm-hmm. there's only so many things really so we can many. do. Um, but yeah. As usual, gentlemen, thanks for being my friends yeah. uh, and being friends willing to do weird stuff, yep. go into the dark. Mm-hmm. So, till next time. All right, see you guys.